I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, planet Earth's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I run a pretty tight ship around here. And falling into line once again this week is my loyal second-in-command, the Riker to my Picard, the Clegg to my Cameron, the Smithers to my Burns. It's Tony Kerr. So inaccurate. You sound like Jeremy Clarkson. (laughs) Well, don't say that. And we have been called the top gear of cricket before, worryingly. I suppose it was a bit Clarkson-esque, wasn't it? Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show. I mean, I don't like the sound of it because that would make me May or the hamster, so... <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, how are you doing? <laughs> I could see you as the hamster. Nah, kind of nah. weedy little... Anyway, crack on, mate. How's it going this week, Tone? Yeah, it's not too bad, thanks, mate. Me? It's Friday. It is, it is. It is Friday. In the words of Rebecca Black... It's Friday, Friday, got to get down on Friday. It's Friday night, uh, you know, the big night, the big first night of the weekend, so begs the question really, Tone, what are we doing this for? That's a great question actually, yeah, everyone else is down the pub, uh, and I'm sat here doing this, but there we go, can't have it all. (laughs) Everyone's off letting their hair down, the world's our oyster, or at least St Peterport is our oyster, and uh, we're holed up in our respective bedrooms. Recording a podcast on Skype. Geeking out. My girlfriend said to me earlier, oh, should we go out for dinner or something tonight? And I was like, no, I've got to go, I've got to go and record my podcast with my mate Tony. I don't think she likes you very much. Well, I don't blame her. Well, you spend probably a lot of quality time with me, don't you? If you could, <laughs> if you could call this that. <laughs> it's a weird kind of quality time, isn't it? It is. Are you off anywhere after this? I mean, it's Friday night, lock up your daughters. Is Tony Kerr on the town? Uh, yeah, going to have a few drinks tonight, then going to Jersey tomorrow for the weekend. Are you? Yeah, well, you were in, uh, you were in Alderney last week, and you're in Jersey this yeah, weekend. Island tour. Channel Island, Island tour. tour. I mean, they say travel broadens the mind. It's true, getting out and about. Why are you going to Jersey? Uh, just pottering, really. <laughs> just pottering around. Well, I do some training with work, but there we go. It is work again, is it? It is work. Work, work, work. Well, that sounds very exciting. Jersey, look out. St Helier, lock up your daughters and your doors, uh, because Tony Kerr is on his way. But are you going to be able to uh, keep tabs on the World Cup while you're over in Jersey, Tony? Do they, do they have TVs over there? Do they have electricity? Uh, I will be, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of ideal, because I can get back to the hotel and just watch cricket all night. Not, yeah, it won't be very conducive to my training, but there we go. Not to worry. It's a good chat-up line in the hotel bars, to be fair. Do you want to come up and watch uh, UAE v Zimbabwe? Well, perfect, really. I mean, we're we're two weeks into the World Cup now, Tone. Is that all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it feels like a lot longer. I mean, it still hasn't really caught fire, has it? It's just been one-sided contest after one-sided contest so far. Is there a real danger of this 
becoming another dismal World Cup. Well, it is quite a weird one because, yeah, as you say, the, the number of one-sided encounters uh, is adding up by the day almost. All the people who are kind of blowing the trumpet for the associate nations are reveling in it because they've really provided the only interest from a com- kind of competition perspective so far, haven't they? But then again, there have been those kind of flashes, those innings, where really that's quite enjoyable. I don't know, regardless of the result. I mean, you know, take the, the match this morning with De Villiers' ridiculous knock. Uh, I mean, by the time he finished off that, who cared what the result was, really? Well, the, the West Indies didn't, it seemed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so they surrendered pretty meekly. Exactly, they were never going to get anywhere near. I mean, overall, though, when you do read the list of uh, of winning margins, it, it doesn't make great reading from a balanced perspective, does it? If you're looking for close finishes, don't come to the World Cup. Yeah, and I mean, I was thinking back to the World 2020 last year, and... That was actually a really great tournament and there was loads of uh, exciting matches, lots of exciting finishes, particularly early on. Uh, and then you fast forward a year to the 50 over World Cup and it's it really has been dreadful so far in terms of competition. I mean, there's just been... There haven't been any close games involving major teams yet. That is a concern. That's got to be a big concern for the ICC and 50 over cricket in general. I mean, you don't want to read too much into it because obviously, you know, there's been close 50 over matches outside of the World Cup in recent times. Uh, but when the, the World Cup is, you know, it's the big showcase for the tournament. It's meant to be the, the the premier event for fans and it's meant to be a vehicle for showing what cricket's about to new fans. And it's just not a good advert for the game at all, this tournament so far. I mean, there was a bit of a honeymoon period at the start because, you know, it is the World Cup. It's in Australia and, and New Zealand and it looks fantastic and there's generally a great atmosphere at the grounds. But after two weeks, that started to wear off. And it, it's, you know, it, it's got to get good soon. Otherwise, you know, this is going to be a really long month that's still to come. Yeah, it really is. The only contests have been those involving uh, associations. I mean, the Afghanistan-Scotland match was pretty phenomenal. What's the most important thing? Is it is it a competition or is it an advert for cricket? I mean, it's kind of like the thing that slightly annoys me about anything related to the sports personality is that Anything anyone does, any kind of remarkable achievement in British sport, someone will very quickly afterwards say, oh, they're a shoo-in for sports personality now, as if the only reason they're doing it, whatever they're doing, is to win sports personality, when in effect what it is is just a bit of nonsense at the end of the year. I'm not really sure what happened there. I just like I just tuned out for a second to bring up the scorecard of the Scotland game, tuned back in and you were ranting about the sports personality again. <laughs> <laughs> How is this relevant? I was about to move on to... To ranting about the Oscars as well. <laughs> no, I mean, like, if if are we do we want competitive matches just because it's a good advert for the game, or because we enjoy competitive matches? Do you know what I mean? Well, both. I mean, that that's that's what I'm saying. The World Cup is meant to be both an advert for the game, but also the the number one event, the thing that you look forward to the most, the thing that you enjoy the most as a cricket fan. I mean, that's the whole point, surely. I I don't want to get too carried away with it because it could yet turn into a good tournament. I mean, no one. No one ever really remembers group stages, apart from if there's a huge upset. I mean, in the 2011 World Cup, I can remember Ireland beating England, but that's about all I can remember from the group stages. You remember the knockouts, don't you? So with the knockouts still to come, if the quarterfinals, semifinals and final are all thrilling games, then this is going to go down as a, as a good World Cup. At this point, that doesn't seem that likely, uh, given the way that you know it seems like the team batting first has got a huge advantage. Uh, but it's still possible, so I don't want to get too carried away with it. But 
it it has definitely been very disappointing so far, uh, and that's it's not good for the game if the World Cup isn't you know it, it is something to to dread as a fan. No, I agree. I mean, part of the problem it seems so far is that there just aren't enough good teams in it, and they're spread over two groups. So I'd say we'd probably have pretty high hopes about the New Zealand Australia game tonight. That's going to be if that doesn't produce, yeah, we're all doomed. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. If it might be that the knockouts are good because when New Zealand, you know, if you get to the semi-finals and it's New Zealand, Australia, um, South Africa and India who have, you know, if they continue in the way that they've started, then actually those could be some really great games. It's just at the moment, there's a lot of teams that aren't anywhere near capable of competing. But then, you know, you'd say West Indies and Pakistan look like they're on about the same level. They've had big problems in other games, but then West Indies absolutely blew them away. You know, we've seen really one-sided matches between teams that you'd think would be quite evenly matched. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, anyway, let's look at the positives, though. Yeah, yeah, let's not be too down about cricket on the World Cricket Show. I mean, like you say, that that, that Scotland-Afghanistan match uh, was terrific. It was in... Dunedin, uh, and Scotland managed to chisel out 210 uh, from their 50 overs. Uh, and Afghanistan were in massive, massive trouble at 97 for 7 and then 132 for 8. Uh, but they somehow managed to knock off the runs in the final over. Uh, Samuel Shanwari hit 96. He was out, though, before the end, uh, and it was left to Hamid Hassan and Shapur Zadran, the two fast bowlers, uh, to get to the target in the final over. Shapur hit the winning boundary uh, and set off on quite a remarkable celebration. I think, <laughs> you know, we, 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 we've spoken about it before, how the latest thing is always the best, but I think that might be one of my favourite celebrations on a sports field of all time, on any sports field. It was absolutely brilliant. I mean, it was a, it was a fantastic end to the match. The, the way the winning runs were hit, and then, yeah, he just, like, runs off, just drops <laughs> to his knees. You just don't see that. I don't think I've ever really seen that from a batsman before. I don't know, it reminds me, like, of, of you... Often when we're playing football, I'll you know I'll be on, on the on the centre midfielder. I've got the ball in the middle of the park, and I'll just hear you yell, "Setting off!" <laughs> up ahead, and you're you're looking for that ball over the top. And I just imagine Chapeau just flicking that boundary, and going, "Setting off!" <laughs> and sprinting away from his teammates. It was it was great, and that surely the enduring image of the tournament so far. I mean, the impact lessened slightly by Alan Wilkins in the commentary box sounding surprisingly bored uh, when he was watching. You know. Just absolutely remarkable scenes. Afghanistan winning their first ever game and Wilkins is up there going, yeah, and uh, so Scotland have lost this one and Afghanistan have won it. So let's look at the bowling figures. <laughs> Come on, do something a bit better than that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was it was brilliant. And I mean, yeah, very, very entertaining match all round as well. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, it had it all really. Uh, and we, yeah, we've often said low scoring, low scoring cricket is the best. Uh, but then the Ireland UAE game as well was very entertaining, wasn't it? So that's true. Yeah, that that was a, a thrilling chase from Ireland as well, and they've they've won two from two, keeping you know their their hopes of qualifying for the quarterfinals well and truly alive. And yeah, great win for Afghanistan, and and you've got to be delighted for them. Uh, I mean, obviously at this point we all know what an incredible story it is, cricket in Afghanistan, but it is an incredible story, and it is worth reflecting on how incredible it is. Uh, so you know their first win at the World Cup. Yeah, you you can't as much as it's a, a real shame for Scotland to lose that game. Uh, you can't not be thrilled for Afghanistan, and I guess yet more ammunition for you know the the legion of critics of the ICC's plan to reduce the number of teams 
for the next World Cup to 10. There's a big petition that's going around online. Have you seen this, Tane? Have you signed this? A petition to uh, stop that happening, to, to, to not allow the World Cup to be reduced to 10 teams. Yeah, I've seen this. I mean, I haven't signed it yet, largely because I don't really believe in petitions, but... Why not? Well, because I don't really get it. I don't know. Has a petition ever worked? I don't know. Probably, but... But also, like, yeah, anyone can petition. I mean, if you launched a petition tomorrow saying keep it at 10 teams, you'd probably get as many signatures. I mean, those signatures, all, all of those signatures would be wrong because, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in... <laughs> so I should probably... Re- the takeaway from this is I probably should sign the petition, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a good candidate to sign the petition because you agree with it. I agree with it. I may as well sign it. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it would be a nonsense, wouldn't it, at this stage... But, I mean, well, will anyone from the ICC come out and say, look, actually, uh, from what I've seen, I still think we should have, we should be cutting this down to 10 teams. Yeah, I mean, the, it's a difficult position to justify at the moment. And, and Dave Richardson, the, the head honcho at the ICC, has said in the last couple of days that, you know, it's still possible that they'll, that they'll review that situation. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to the principle of having less teams at the tournament because... Anything to change the current format, which is appalling, would be, you know, something to explore at least. As long as there is a route for any team to qualify. I mean, the, the, you know, the original plan for this tournament was to have 10 teams and to say it's just the 10 test teams and, and exclude all the associates from qualifying. As long as you're saying there is a way for any associate side to get to the World Cup, I wouldn't necessarily be against that. You could even have, in the way that they did with the World 2020 last year a pre-qualifying tournament, you know, right in the lead-up to it, and sort of th- that's what gets the, the World Cup going. But the problem is that they're not changing the format, you know, for the reasons that I would change the format. They're not changing it to make a, a, a shorter, more compact, more exciting World Cup. If they keep the, the plan as it is, the next World Cup is going to be even longer. There's going to be more matches. There'll be just as many meaningless matches because it's just an endless round-robin. They're not turning it into a kind of champions trophy where it's all over in two weeks and there's you know just small groups um they're not changing it for the right reasons so i think a better way to go would be to actually expand the tournaments to to make it more than 14 teams maybe 16 teams have four groups of four straight to the semi-finals maybe you know have a really short tournament of a couple of weeks that would make it much more exciting for me it's all wrong at the moment and 2019 if it if the icc get their way will be even worse it's quite a depressing picture that I'm painting, isn't it? It is. It's making me a bit sad there. Uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it isn't easy. We, 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 we do talk about it quite often, don't we? Yeah, how the hell do you bloody organise this sport? Because there's a lot to think about. And, it, and it, yeah, it's not as straightforward as, as other sports like football. Uh, yeah, we, I don't, let's not judge anything too soon. I mean, we'll see how this one plays out first. But it, I mean, it, it is. It, it's too long. Equally, though, I'm quite enjoying the fact there's cricket on every night. I can live with that. Well, yeah, although there's generally cricket on most nights somewhere. Yeah, true, but at least most of this vaguely matters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. And, and like you say, it is a very difficult job. I'm not, I'm not, you know, as much as I don't have a hugely high opinion of the ICC, they have got quite a difficult job because, you know, it is easy to sneer and say, oh, it's just because I want, you know, India to be on TV loads of times. Um, but that actually is quite important in the sense that the money that that makes goes a long way to sustaining the sport in, in other areas. So to just accuse them of being greedy is slightly unfair. But, you know, when they lose sight of the bigger picture and they, they, they miss the fact that actually the, the World Cup 
that's supposed to be the big, you know, blue ribboned event of cricket is not a great spectacle because of the format, and they're going to make it even worse. You know, I think I think you can legitimately uh, be critical of them. So yeah, you're probably getting the impression that I'm not enjoying this World Cup very much. But like you say, there is cricket on every night, uh, and I am watching it and following it. And in isolation, certain games have been very exciting, and certain moments within even the dull games have been very exciting, have been astonishing, and none more astonishing than A.B. de Villiers against West Indies in Sydney this morning. He cleaved his way to 162 from 66 balls, uh, which was the fastest 150 in one-day international history, beating Shane Watson's previous record by 19 deliveries, which is a non-trivial number of deliveries. Uh, he inflicted quite a bit of pain on on poor old Jason Holder. Uh, Holder ended up with figures of 1 for 104 of 10 overs, which is the second worst bowling figures in ODI history. His last two overs went for 64. Now, when you consider that Steve Finn bowled two overs for 49 and was laughed out of Wellington, uh, <laughs> that's, that's not a great return for Holder. And yeah, that, all of that ultimately propelled South Africa to 408 for five, the second highest ever World Cup total and the highest ever total in Australia. And at the halfway point of their innings, they had about 130. So they added quite a few in the second half. Uh, and that all added up to a victory by 257 runs, the joint largest margin of victory in World Cup history as West Indies were blown apart for 151. So yeah, West Indies bowled out for 151. De Villiers beat them by 11 runs and he scored his runs in 130 fewer balls West Indies must be sick of the sight of him by now, mustn't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't believe this has happened twice. It, it almost ruined my day as well. Sad as it may be that it was such a fantastic innings, but not having it as my freaking power player in the fancy cricket. Uh, <laughs> it was just every, every ball that went to the boundary of my head is just dropping into my hand, <laughs> knowing, that, knowing that you'd have... Oh, it just, it's not a great advert for, for fancy cricket, really. This is why fantasy cricket is rubbish because you yeah. should be enjoying watching De Villiers, you know, tear up the records, and you're just sat there with face like a ghost, <laughs> just full of regret and furious, just really annoyed. Clearly, what happened? In, well, clearly now, what happened uh, in South Africa the other week, uh, a month ago, say, wasn't a one-off. Uh, obviously, it wasn't. <laughs> <Well, yeah>. one- <laughs> it's literally happened again. <laughs> It's literally happening again, and obviously, you know, it had, you know, it wasn't a one-off at the time either, really. But oh yeah, as much as we expected from De Villiers in this tournament, uh, didn't expect him to do what's well, really almost outdo what he did the other week. It was just unbelievable yet again. I mean, every almost every ball was going for for boundary. What he had like twelve dots, I think. Like... Well, and I uh, I turned it on for the last three deliveries this morning, and all of them went for six. Uh, I was like, well, yeah. There you go, that's that's A.B. de Villiers. I mean, when uh, de Villiers and Rosso came together, uh, you know, Rosso hit some ridiculous shots and raced, like, very quickly uh, raced on. And then, but how de Villiers ended that innings was just ludicrous. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, I mean, I, I know he's got a big bat, Tone. He's a, he's a big man with a big bat. And I know that there's one less fielder outside the circle than there used to be in ODI cricket. But at this point, could you make a case for him being the best ODI batsman in history? I mean, he literally has the fastest 50, fastest 100, fastest 150. He'll surely get a double 100 at some point. Is there anyone that you could put above him? Uh, well, possibly, but there's no one playing at the moment who would be there, really. I mean, there's a few in, in history, isn't there? There's Tendulkar, there's Bevan. Saywag. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are other batsmen. Gilchrist. Gilchrist, yeah. And and just in terms of stats, I mean, Virat Kohli has more one-day hundreds than A.B. de Villiers. But in terms of impact and, and just the way that he plays as well, it's the array of strokes, I think, that's so remarkable about de Villiers. It just makes him so watchable because he can hit the ball literally anywhere. And in the innings today, you know, he was... You know, uppercutting it over the wicketkeeper. It was playing like reverse paddle shots off the fast bowlers. How do you bowl to that? I mean, I wouldn't want to bowl to it personally. <laughs> I might struggle. But I think, you know, even for a, a top class international bowler, what can they do? Yeah, you know, as we were saying before, yeah, the, if the World Cup hasn't delivered in competitiveness, you know, it, if it, at this stage we just have this innings, and also to be fair, Chris Gale the other day, which was pretty astonishing as well for someone who's not been playing very well well that's almost enough because it, it was just kind of stopping your tracks good and it was good news for South Africa as well I mean after, after that big defeat against India people were beginning to wonder about them I mean the the, the 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 choke word was coming out which I think South Africa only have to lose for it to be called a choke um <laughs> but you know after that you know people went into that game expecting them to be much too strong for India and then they were absolutely blown away so people were starting to question whether they, they deserved the, the, the billing that they had. So it's, it did seem like their, their chances of winning the tournament were falling faster than Madonna at the Brit Awards. That's a good one. Uh, but after this, after de Villiers' performance, are they back among the favourites again now? That's very reactionary punditry, Bacon, I have to say. <laughs> That's right out of the both of school. It's reactionary in both ways, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that was a surprising result, the one against India. You know, who could have predicted that, really? Uh, you know, India have been awful for, for weeks in Australia. Uh, and then they go and it kind of clicked. So I think a bit of a freak result that one, although it was an amazing occasion. I mean, the, the, that was probably the best atmosphere, wasn't it, of the tournament so far, absolutely packed with Indian fans. But yeah, I mean, it, well, if Davidis is going to do that, then you can't do anything. And you'd say there, are, there aren't many players in the tournament. Gale would be another one, but you, can you see Gale doing it again? I, I don't know. Yeah, well, not necessarily against the same standard of bowling attack and... No, yeah, I think it it almost comes down to. I mean, obviously with with the West Indies, there's maybe not quite as many other players who can make a similar sort of impact. Whereas for South Africa, you know, they've got Amla, uh, they've got Stain, they've got Dumney, Miller. But a good team will feel that if they do get De Villiers out early, they've got a very decent chance against South Africa. 
because of the way that he can change a game. Whereas if De Villiers does get going, you know, even Australia, even New Zealand will struggle to beat them. So, you know, whether he kicks on from here and has a good tournament will make a huge difference to their chances. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because he comes in at five. I mean, you wonder, you know, in a quarterfinal or a semifinal, if South Africa are 170, say, for two after 30-odd overs. You know, if they just say, sod it, you know, one of the batsmen goes, I'll I'll just retire out, let's get De Villiers in now. (laughs) Well, yeah, and that might be a good good strategy, to be honest. Because, I mean, what he's doing, yeah, at that stage of the match, I mean, it... He came in a little bit early, didn't he, than he did in that game uh, in Joburg the other week. But I think that, that one where he scored 140-odd, he, he came in at, uh, wasn't it the 41st over or something, or 39th over? Just, just unbelievable. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's quite exciting about tonight, you know, the, the bit of pressure on, the, uh, on this game to deliver a contest. But the likes of McCullum and Maxwell, uh, Warner, you know, it, if, it'd be good to see one of them step up and, and kind of give Davidez a run for his money in terms of the yeah the big the big name in the tournament. Yeah, because he has overshadowed even Chris Gale's double hundred, you have to say. I mean, what about the West Indies? They're in a real tussle for the the final two qualifying spots from Group B now, aren't they? I mean, that that group is wide open with Ireland having won two from two. It's Ireland v Pakistan last up. Um, and you you feel it's going to be two from Ireland, Pakistan and the West Indies, although you can't necessarily discount Zimbabwe, you still have to play Pakistan and Ireland. I mean, who do you see coming out of it at this point? I mean, I can't see the West Indies coming out of it. But I mean, what, the, the other day was was quite bizarre. Wasn't it? I mean, I, I've been quite relatively impressed with Zimbabwe in their first couple of matches, but then uh, then they were just completely killed by by Gale and Samuels. So, well, the other thing that this the other thing that this De Villiers innings has done is give the West Indies net run rate a real hammering, which it, it was up very high after Gale and Samuels. But it's now back in negative territory. You know, it's it's, it's fallen faster than Madonna at the Brit Awards. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so that that does give them a problem uh, because you know it could well come down to net run rate this this qualifying spot. I think as well though. I mean, with this result, as soon as South Africa had posted four hundred and eight, West Indies weren't going to win the game. So, I mean, the margin of defeat was obviously completely categoric and uh, and, and slightly humiliating. But it's it's a it's a slight freak result. I don't know how much of a bearing it'll have on the, the next game. Well, like I say, the, the last round of fixtures uh, includes Pakistan, Ireland. Have you got the fixtures there, Tone? What's West Indies' next game? West Indies have got India next. That's going to be a tough game for them as well. India have got another game before that. They're back in action, like you say, in the early hours tomorrow against the UAE. And I imagine that most cricket fans are going to be hoping that India bat first in that game because if they do there is a chance of seeing more records tumbling. I mean, that's a bit unfair on UAE. He actually looked pretty decent against Ireland. But, you know, against the likes of Kohli, Rohit Sharma, could a world record be on the cards here, Tones? People are even whispering about 500. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you think they'd go for it? I think they'd look to win the game, first of all. And I think, But I think they'd look to do that by placing as big a score as they can, obviously. So <laughs> True, uh, but I mean, if you're going to... If you're gonna get if you're gonna get five hundred, you know you, you have to be going hard, fast. Don't you? So it's not, I mean, that's not gonna happen by a freak. Well, you don't necessarily. I mean, if if they do a kind of De Villiers esque finish, which isn't which is easier said than done, but 
But if they do, you know... We well, yeah, but De Villiers did a De Villiers expedition so, and South Africa got to 408. Yeah, but my point is that South Africa actually had a pretty slow start and people were, were wondering whether they'd even get to 260, 270 because, like I say, they were on about 120, 130 at the halfway stage. Now, if India actually go off reasonably briskly and at the halfway stage are at 190, you know, there's a, there's a very good chance that they would look to go for a world record. But it could be interesting anyway. I mean, this podcast will almost certainly not be available until after this game has been played. So this is when UAE bat first or India bat first and get bowled up for 200. Uh, but I've got one final question for you, Tane. It's sort of a thought experiment in a way. Go on. Think, have a think about this. If I locked you in a cell for a year with nothing but a TV that was playing cricket on an endless loop and I gave you a choice, I said you can either have Nick Knight doing the commentary or you can have Pommy and Bangwa doing the commentary <laughs> and it would be just them for a year, which one would you go for? Uh, oh, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether they drive you mad or like drive you slightly delirious first. <laughs> uh, I, I probably might be tempted to take Pommy. Really? See, so, yeah, I... Oh, there's a phone ringing. That's Nick Knight's agent. He wasn't happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I dare. I I think I'd have to go for for Nick Knight as much as he is uh, a preposterous figure. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, he has, he, he's actually got he's got good insight. I think Nick Knight, but it's just his style is so ridiculous. I mean, this thing that we've talked about in the past of the has he got enough of it? You know, has he got enough? Will it go all the way? <laughs> so annoying. I think the other thing I've really noticed him doing in this tournament is uh, is that he can't just give one adjective. He can't describe <laughs> something in one way. He has to go, excellent shot, really good shot, or like, brilliant shot. That's a high-class shot from Moen Ali. <laughs> you know, he has to be too. So, you know, as much as he is completely absurd, for me, Pommy and Bangwa is the worst because and, and nothing to do with his his insight, again... Surely one of the most important attributes that you're looking for in a broadcaster is a broadcast voice, which is why I hired you, Tane, because uh, you sound like Michael Burke. That sounds very professional, yeah. Pommy and Bangwa, for me, has got the most grating voice in television. <laughs> it's just that, oh my goodness, <laughs> monotone. I really enjoyed, I think it was the first match, Pommy like striding out to do the toss. <laughs> I, just, I just loved it. <laughs> I loved it. The moment he kind of... He switched from striding out mode to he's on TV and he's got to do the thing mode. He just like took on this stance. It was almost like Ronaldo when he takes a free kick. He was just like <laughs> kind of frozen rigidly with his hands by his side. It was awesome. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we talk about the commentators a lot and I feel bad in a way because they've got quite a hard job in some respects. But they're kind of hard to ignore, aren't they? Because it's like, you know, it is the, the link to the game for virtually all cricket fans, for, you know, people watching the game. They can't not have the commentary. When you get an annoying one, it, it's, it's a problem. So basically what I'm saying, Tone, is that I still don't understand why we haven't been hired. I think they could give us a go. I'd say there's, there's overwhelming pressure on them now for, for them to give us a go. Uh, I've got a petition circulating. Uh, it's... <laughs> 
It's picked up one signature so far. Much like this year's Brit Awards, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been one of the most culturally significant things that's ever happened, and everyone's gone absolutely bananas for it online. But nevertheless, it's time to bring it to an end. Did you see this Brit Awards tone? I just want to know if you saw if you saw Madonna falling over. She fell over, tone. Madonna. She fell over. Yeah, sorry. I don't, I, is it just me? I didn't realise people still cared about the Brit Awards. I mean, it's first EastEnders, now the Brit Awards. I mean, are we living in 1998, Tony? <laughs> I didn't realise that people still cared. Who cares about Madonna? I really don't understand. At least I know who Madonna is. I mean, this might be one of the reasons that I, I assume no one cares about the Brit Awards because I haven't got the faintest idea who any of the people are that are winning awards now. I mean, I don't even know who Ed Sheerham is. <laughs> Things with Madonna, though, it's like... I'm, you know, I respect achievements and I respect, you know, Madonna is obviously a kind of a music legend, but it, it's all down to the quality of the music. And if she cut, like, this, she's just produced rubbish for the last, you know, donkey's years, if anything. Like, why would anyone, why would, like, if you were producing the Brit Awards, why would you be like, oh, let's get Madonna in? That would really, <laughs> yeah, let's push her down some stairs. That would really set it like. Well, it's like the closing ceremony of the the London Olympics. Oh, don't you're, get me started on that. I'm still angry about like, that. I'll tell you what, i tell you who we need. George Michael. See what he's <laughs> That almost ruined the whole Olympics. It's not <laughs> it's an exaggeration. Of, it's kind of the thing I remember most about yeah. London 2012. And he played new songs as well. Not even... Ah, oh, bizarre. Anyway, Bath, the World Cricket Show Fantasy Cricket League. Talk to me about it. The World Cricket Show Fantasy Cricket Cricket League. Um, well, it's not gone great for me this week. Actually, I've done a bit better today. Until today, I was I was clinging on you for got dear lucky life today. in the top 30. How many points did you get then in today's match? Well, I got a lot because uh, De Villiers was my power player. So I did do well today. My power player was, my power player was Stain which made me really angry <laughs> as Abbott was taking wickets and then Stane was taking out the attack after dropping one off his own bowling. But I, I still managed to pick up a thousand points. I mean, I had Tahir as well, but, and Davidius, but not as my perfect, but I picked up a thousand points. I mean, you must have picked up bloody loads. Yeah, I think I've probably got something like 1,500 and it has brought me back into the top 20, but I'm still some way away from you. And I, I, I did occur and forgot to change my team for one of the games. I forgot to change my team for the Afghanistan-Scotland match. That's not an excuse. It really, like you say, it ruined your day uh, today. I mean, it, pretty much, it certainly ruined my night's sleep because <laughs> I was lying in bed, just drifting off to sleep, and then I suddenly snapped awake <laughs> with ice in my stomach as I realised that I hadn't changed my team. And then what's worse is that I didn't <laughs> then get up because I, I just thought oh that's well, I've missed that one game and I didn't realise that there was then Sri Lanka v Bangladesh on that night as well so I didn't change my team for that either so I missed two games yeah I was annoyed with that I didn't realise it, it's all very good the bloody time zones thing is really messing with my brain because I, yeah, I missed the fact that Sri Lanka Bangladesh started later on the evening and so at the end of the Afghanistan Scotland game I was really like chuffed with myself I was like brilliant and then they cut to the, the Sri Lanka game and my immediate reaction is, that's weird, showing highlights of this. Like, <laughs> like, like, what game is this? Looked at the fixtures, it's like absolute despair as I realised that, yeah, I hadn't changed it. It's kind of ruining my life, but that being said, it is fun. Yeah. And uh, if listeners still want to get involved, there's, there's plenty of time. We're, we're doing this on the official game, which is uh, fantasy... What is it? Fantasy.icc-cricket.com. 
Uh, and we've got a mini league running there, which you can join using the pin code 22025. Uh, and it's all very exciting. And there's a prize on offer for the winner, which is a World Cricket Show mug. Have you got the standings there, Tony? Who's, who's top of the pile at the moment? Where's well, a chap from Guernsey, actually called Jack Byrne. Jobs for the boys, really, isn't it? Jobs for the boys, top of the table. With, with, actually, with quite a disgusting number of points. I mean, I don't know how where he is in the overall standings, but 9,766 points in first place. I and mean, I'm pretty sure he had Davidis as captain. I'm pretty sure he had Dilshan as captain. He had Gale as captain as well. Obvious picks, really, you'd say. I mean, the, the, the question would be, why the hell didn't we pick them? <laughs> Speak uh, yourself, mate. I did pick the videos. But, uh, yeah, he's leading the way. I, I can't tell who the people are, because I'm just looking at my phone, but Glasgow Warriors in second, the best team in third. Uh, you have to go all the way down to 13th to find me, and then all the way down, all the way down to 18th to find you. So, yeah, it's all very exciting, and if listeners want to get involved, I highly recommend that they do. Uh, but that's, that's it for this edition of the World Cricket Show. We'll be back next week to talk more World Cup. In the meantime, uh, if you like what we do here and you've got a spare couple of minutes, uh, we do really, 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 really appreciate uh, when people write iTunes reviews because it does help us to attract new listeners. We're being featured on iTunes currently in the UK, uh, which we're very grateful for if iTunes are listening. Good iTunes reviews never go amiss. Uh, if you want to like us on Facebook, I've got some great news for you. You can, facebook.com slash cricket show. You can follow us on Twitter at cricket show. I'm tweeting during World Cup matches that I'm watching. Uh, you can follow Tony at Tony Cover, T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. And you can follow me at Adam Bayfield 1-2. If you want to send us an email, then the email address you need is worldcricketshow at gmail.com. And finally, uh, if you're doing your shopping on amazon.co.uk, uh, then we'd really love it if, first of all, you went to cricketshow.net, which is our website, and followed the link to Amazon from there, uh, because then anything that you spend, it doesn't cost you even one penny extra, uh, but we get a little bit of a kickback. So particularly if you're buying you know, your big ticket items, your, your laptops, your suitcases, I don't know, if, if you're buying a car on Amazon or something, then that in particular is when we would, we would really appreciate you doing that. So that's about all the plugs, I think. Uh, Tony's ready to go out just as I've been talking there. He's been he's been stripping off and and putting on his uh, putting on his shirt for the evening, his Hawaiian shirt that he's be looking to impress the ladies with. Very stylish number as well. <laughs> uh, so enjoy yourself tonight, Tony. Cheers, mate. When are we doing this again? Uh, at some point next week. I think we should try and uh, get into the studio next week. Yeah, sounds like a plan. I want to spend some more quality time with you in person. <laughs> uh, but until then, that's all from us here. Stay in school, everybody. Keep enjoying the World Cup, even though it's depressing and long. Do your best to enjoy it. Uh, and until next time, bye-bye for now. Cheerios. Ba 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 